Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured. As his book will make abundantly clear, that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history. In Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. Hello, Fermamental family. We got a special guest in the house tonight, Pastor Larry Patch Parker, uh, Flat Earth Files alumni. I am thinking that he was on episode number 133. Is that correct, Patch? Yes. Okay, so go check him out on George Hobbs' show. Uh, we love having Flat Earth Files alumni on on the Fermamental podcast. Uh Definitely go check out the website, thefermamentalpodcast.com. We got Scipio Eruditus' uh, pre-release uh, exclusively on the website. So go on there and, uh, you know, reserve yourself a copy of his book. It's going to be amazing. His Dispatches from Reality podcast is amazing. Check out Talking Stit with Derek. And um, yeah, we got we got a lot of great stuff uh, in, in the works here. And uh if you want to reach out, uh, it's firmamentalpodcast at gmail.com. I make sure to reach uh, reach out to everybody who reaches out to to us, and you'll you'll hear from me. So we'd love to hear from you, and make sure to leave a speak pipe message, and we'll be playing your stuff on the air too. And uh, without any further ado, let's let's get into it, Patch. All right, all right. So how about you introduce yourself to the to the firmamentalists, and then we'll uh, you know we'll start the interrogation. <laughs> right. Well, my, yeah, my name's Larry Patch Parker. I'm, a lot of people call me Pastor Patch because uh, I, I actually have an eye patch, so I'm kind of like the uh, the pirate pastor. Um, but no, I um, I pastor a small church here in Ohio, and um, uh, so that I was called. I've been called to be a pastor. Um, I talk a lot sometimes about education. It sounds like a lot of times I'm, I'm against education, but uh, especially when it comes to the seminary, I mean, cemetery. Um, but um, it's, it's not necessarily that. I just find that there's a lot of people who are going into, because um, I'm also educated. I went to the Franciscan University of Steubenville uh, and, and things. I have a um, degree, but um, one of the things that I find is that um, we have a lot of pastors right now and a lot of people in church ministry that they have the paper, but they don't have the heart. Like they've been called to have a, a ministry degree, but they haven't been called to preach or teach. You know, um, they, they love the Lord. I don't have any doubts about that. But have they really been called or is it, you know, I got to do something with my life. So I might as well be a minister or something, you know. Right. Um, but I've called to do this. 
and um and you just know that you just know that you just know i can't under explain other than that but yeah that's just what i do um i got a a little mini farm we have um married been married for 20 uh i think 26 years now um right. got, thanks um my uh, daughter is uh, she's living she lives on our property with her husband and i got two grandkids so it's a uh, pretty fun we're having a little compound we're, we built a little compound here so that's awesome that's one of my life goals too yeah it's good times it's good times and, and sure. we're trying self-sufficient as we can uh you know try to get off the grid as as best we can try to get off of the the uh the poison food department mm. you know it's it's a sad day when you can go into the grocery store and you have a lot of food like products but no food you know yeah and i, I was gonna say on one of our episodes we had adrian and he taught me quite a bit about nutrition and honestly it's it's kind of funny shopping now all i do is buy a little bit of meat and a little bit of vegetables and that's it and Honestly, I know that the meat's not clean from the grocery store, so I do have to take it to the next level. Like like you were saying before we got on there, you go go to the Mennonites, go to the Hutterites, uh, where you know they're that they're actually butchering and and taking control of what's actually going into their animals, right? And uh, yeah, for me, for me, that's my next step. And yeah, it's, it's so important to get off the poison food. One of the things that was uh, really kind of startling to to my wife and I, we have chickens. And uh, we were feeding them Producers Pride. That's a brand. And uh, but our chickens weren't weren't uh, giving us any eggs. We just had none. Mm. And uh, so we we were alerted on a YouTube video or uh, one one of the social media videos that um, if I, we switched food to a more natural food, because I was made, I think Karina's behind that. But if we got something more uh, um, more natural, that we would probably have eggs being produced. Well, there was a, a, a Mennonite, I think he, I think he's actually Amish. He, he has a granary. So I started buying his stuff and his uh, corn that he uses is non-GMO and, and everything. Okay. After feeding my chickens, this non-GMO uh, food, we started getting eggs, tons of eggs. And <laughs> so that, that's even, that's even weird. You know, I mean, how, how could they block it? You know, and I'm, I'm afraid it was just a coincidence, but you know, I don't know. Yeah, there's too many coincidences. Uh, to, to me, it it is a great red flag to to notice that, and the fact that you actually corrected it, and now you know you're thriving, right? So, right, it, it really goes to show you. So, one of, one of the things I I really want to know uh, about you and your life is if you have any stories that kind of helped guide guide your path to being a pastor. Like, was there any like significant experiences that you had that that um you know, you, you realize that there was a calling. Sure. Um, so when I was younger, this, this might get a little deep, but sorry. But when I was younger, I went to a Catholic school. Um, I, I was raised up in the Catholic, in the Catholic church and, uh, I went to a, a Catholic school. And, uh, while I was there, um, I did have a priest that had, um, molested me. Right. I was really angry, not necessarily, I never was angry at God, but I was angry at him because I was able to divide the two out. And let me say, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for a long time and it wasn't really super explicit, but it, it, it happened. Okay. 
and I've been able to deal with it. Um, and, and such God's been given, has given me the grace to be able to deal with that. But, um, I, I blamed him, but I didn't blame God. And when I was, uh, growing up, I, I felt that I was supposed to be in the ministry. And my, one of my, one of my, one of my drivers was that, um, uh, this guy, he represented the God that I have heard about all wrong. Right. And somebody needs to stand up for God on, on earth. Right. And that was kind of one of the things that kind of, um, I guess in my psyche helped, helped guide me or, or, or gear me because I, I just knew that this was a false minister of what God would want, you know, and, and this, this guy didn't, this I didn't show the love of Jesus. He didn't, he, you know, he perverted it all. So as I got older, um, I actually was, um, still went, was still was Catholic. My dad's a, my dad's a deacon in the Catholic church. Um, but when I got older, um, I, I decided that, uh, I would like to pursue maybe the priesthood, you know, it just seemed to be a natural possession uh, uh, progression. And it seemed like that's the way, um, uh, life was, was heading. And in particular, I wanted to be a Franciscan because I love the story of St. Francis of Assisi. And I, and I, I liked the things that he stood for and it was, you know, poverty and it was taking care of the poor and the, and the sick. And, and I, I really was drawn to, to, to him. So that's why I went to the Franciscan University of Steubenville. Um, I got a chance to go over to Europe. I studied in Austria um, at a little place called Gomming. Um, and I was going to go into the priesthood in, in Rome. I had St. Isidore's uh, and they were, they were in Rome. And that's where I was going to um, end up going in and, and becoming a priest. The, the thing changed. Um, I was, I would travel every weekend to a different place. I had a URL, so I was able to go to Germany and Paris and the, everywhere. And I was traveling up to um, Poland. And this had been my second time in Poland. I, I, I really loved Poland. It was right after the, the fall of communism. And it was just an electric uh, atmosphere there, you know. Plus, as a poor college kid, my dollar went like far. I mean, it was just. It was crazy how much a dollar was worth up there, you know? Uh, and so, but on um, my second trip up there, um, oh, people who are going to be priests or priests and, and things like that, we have a, they have a thing called the office. And in the office every day, it's, you, you do it in the morning uh, and uh, you can do it at noon and at dinner and at bedtime. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense, but they, they have scriptures and they usually have a Old Testament, New Testament reading along with one of the Psalms. So I read uh, the New Testament and it was uh, talking about Jesus being baptized, the Holy Spirit descending as a dove, and the Father saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, um, I'd already dealt with this issue, I thought, once before, but the notion that if I went down this path, that I would not have a son uh, in whom I'm well pleased. I wouldn't have a child of my own, you know, mm -hmm. and um, the... Uh, the priest that was helping me through the formation of this, he, he told me that, well, that's why they call you father is because you're the father of the congregation. You're the spiritual father of the, uh, the congregation that you are, uh, that you're over. And that just didn't set right. I didn't have any peace about it. It was, it was like a, you know, what Paul would say, a, a rock in your shoe or something like that. I just couldn't get it out. So I yeah. came back home. I, I came back home. And, um, of course, you know what we do, you know, dad says no. So we get angry, 
So I felt like God said no. So I got angry. Right. Right. Shortly after coming home, I, that's where I met my wife. We, we both worked at the same place. And then she started going to this place I called Grace Bible Church. And uh, I didn't want to go. To, I didn't want to go, you know, because I was, you know, number one, I'm Catholic. And, and number two, I'm mad at God. Well, eventually I went. And, and uh, when I went, the, the guy actually um, um, preached a message that was kind of offensive to the Catholic Church, right? So now I was, I was mad at that preacher because he was kind of offensive to the Catholic church, but you know, he, uh, he knew that it bugged me and he knew that it bothered me and he offered to come and talk to me, you know, one-on-one, you know? And, uh, so I, I said, fine, you know, well, we got into a pretty good conversation and, uh, w- we just kept on talking. And finally, one day, um, I realized that, um, the Catholic Church was the best that man can do, but God wants the best that he did, and that was Christ. Now, I want to say all this. I say all this, but I want, I want to make a, a point here. I, there are Catholics that are, that, that, that are saved. There are Catholics that know Christ. There are Catholics that, that I believe uh, fundamentally understand the gospel. My story is that I did not understand the gospel i did i was not saved at that time you know i did not trust in christ i trusted in the church and and the and and their way you know um baptism and you know communion confession um confirmation i I got those uh, order holy orders you know all all that i I believed in the system Uh, and i I didn't really believe in the redemptive work of christ now that's my story now i'm not like again i don't want to if you have catholic listeners out there i I don't, I don't want you to, oh, he said all Catholics are going, no, 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 no. For me, that was my story. For sure. It's so, so it, it's just so easy to paint everything with a broad stroke, right? Like saying that all priests are, are perverts or because your, your story is not, um, it's, it's awful, but it's not unique either. Right. And it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. And you'd think that the Catholic church would do a better job of not allowing that to happen. And yet it, is allowed to happen. So, um, it, it's true. I, I wonder, wonder though, when we take a look at that is that, you know, how many other churches, you know, like we know the LDS has an issue with it. Um, you know, there's, there's other, there's other churches that have a problem with it, you know, and, and even around here, we, we've had, you know, uh, there was a Baptist, uh, youth minister not too far away. And, and he, he got in trouble because of all that, you know? So, you know, I, Yes, it, it is. It is a wonder, um, but it, it is sad. It is sad that that happens. Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I just think it's it's a great thing that you managed to move on and and work through it. I, I mean, there's so many people that go on and they hurt others too, right? Like hurt people, hurt people, and mm-hmm. for, for you to break that, that is, I mean, that's a testament. Yeah, and I, and it really has to come from you know that that's really is a, a saving grace from God, because like I said very early on, I I never blamed him, but I I, I mean I always blamed him. I never blamed God, right? It was he was a bad messenger, you know. God God's not, and so that that's that's that 
And when, when we got done with all that and I got, I was saved and things of that nature, that same calling that I felt as a, as a, as a youth came back upon me. And, um, I started going to the, to the, uh, the local jail and preaching at the local jail. And, uh, um, eventually it just worked up to where I, now I'm a pastor of, uh, I was a church planner and then, then, you know, now I'm a pastor of another, you know, of a, of a pretty good sized congregation. So. I feel I feel like I accidentally got you to skip over something because to me I think it was very interesting that your wife and you were working at this at church and then you were uh, speaking quite a bit with with the pastor there and at what point do you you oh. or at what point do you guys get married and then you go to a different church? Yeah, so we were married. We were married when she started going to this church. Oh. Um, uh, so we we were married and she started going down with with her mom. Um, but I was meet, meeting the, this pastor and, and I, he was in the vein of dispensationalism, you know, that, uh, throughout the Bible, there's nine, there's nine dispensations. Um, I, I don't know if everybody knows that or agrees with that. So there's uh, people who are cov you know, coveted people and I'm, I'm more of a dispensational person. Um, but he started going over that with me is what he started doing and, and showing me that basically the Pauline epistles are to us. Um, but he preached a sermon on what would you give in exchange for your soul? And that sermon was the sermon that I was saved under because, um, he really hit the things that I was dealing with. Like there was a lot of pride, right? I mean, like if, if, if I'm wrong, then I've wasted a lot of time in my, you know, in, in my time. So I, that, that, that hurts, you know, or I wasn't smart enough to figure this out. There's a lot of pride there. Um, and plus, you know, um, then my family was wrong, right? So my dad, who I, I highly respect my dad, and, I, and, and my mother's passed away, but, you know, I, I highly respect them. And, and, and uh, they're, they're, they're good, faithful Catholics. And I, and I didn't want to really destroy that, mm -hmm. our relationship uh, and things, which it did become strained over it. But uh, it's better now. We're, we're, we're all better now. Um, and so there was a lot of things going on, but, but he hit a lot of things in the sermon. And I just felt like this, you know, uh, the, it was, it was too much. I had, to, I had, to, I had to get, I had to lay it down, you know, and I did, I laid, I laid a lot down that day and, uh, boy, I tell you what, it really felt, you know, I, and I know people can say it, but it, it's true. I felt a, a 10,000 pound weight lifted up. I mean, you know, and I, I, I was real emotional. There was a lot of tears that day and things. Um, and then, uh, uh, it was, uh, around that time we had, uh, we had my, my daughter and, um, um, later on she, she was also saved and we got baptized together and that was kind of fun in a, in a, in a Creek. Oh yeah. How, so, old, how old are you at the time? I see. I would have been, uh, probably about 24, 25. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, she was. She got. She got. She was saved young. She was saved at nine, but she's still just. Uh, I mean, she's just a real good student of the word and and uh, and everything. So it's it's been real good. I think it's um, I think it's an amazing thing to get baptized not as a baby, but when it's your own decision and when it really means something to you. When you you know go into it full heartedly, because I was about mm -hmm. thirty when it when I got baptized and, um, I, I honestly felt new probably for two weeks. I 
I felt like this white light of aura around me. And right. I don't know if I would have appreciated that if I would have had that when I was a baby, right? I, it was pretty cool to have it at 30. Yeah, uh, of course, I, I was I was baptized, not as a baby, um, but I was I was baptized in first grade. Um, and, and my, my younger sister, she was a baby. So, you know, and stuff. Um, but that's what in the Catholic church, that's why you have like confirmation that that's supposed to be like the, when you decide, you know, that's, you're going to follow. Right. And, um, it's at 13. I, I kind of agree that maybe we need to have like, you know, confirmation, uh, 2.0 when you're in your mid twenties, early thirties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you're going to. For sure. I think that's, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing for, um, others to witness you, um, be, you know, I, I, for me, it was like being born again to, to be new. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's the, probably the best way that I can describe it. So, uh, yeah, sorry. I, I want you to keep continuing with your story. Oh no, no, I, that's, I mean, and that's where, you know, basically that's where I'm, I am now, as far as my faith walk is concerned, you know, yeah. um, is really that, uh, you know, I, I started off in the Catholic church and now I'm, I'm um, I kind of most closely identify with the Baptist preacher. So, uh, that's, uh, that, that's a whole, whole, you know, 180 there. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a non-denominational church that I'm at now, but that's, that's code for Baptist doctrine. For most and, part. Okay, so uh how long were you guys married? Um what am I trying to get to here? Like how long were you guys married before you got uh baptized? So let's see, that would have been probably about ten years, really. Okay. Uh, before I got uh, see I didn't see they they were they didn't they didn't baptize you right away there they, they they had picnics and stuff so it was it was a little while okay. um but we started going to the church um oh i say it was soon after my daughter was born um that you know the ch- children always spur on the spiritual aspect of things why are we going to do because she she used to go to the church of christ and i i, you know, I, I was catholic you know and so what are we going to do with our kid where we're going right. to take our child you know and, uh, and, and that, that's a conversation that, uh, um, I think draws a lot of, a lot of people to church because, you know, so what, ig- got- so what ignites you to, uh, move away from Catholicism and go into, um, still being a pastor, but for, for a different church. So what, what kind of, was that your wife and you discussing that? Um, sure. Well, when, when I went to this Grace Bible Church and, and everything, and and uh, I, you know, I had my salvation experience where I where I believed solely on Jesus. Um, I, I left the Catholic Church then because I I, I realized that they were, um, um, for me, they were at odds. You know, they were at odds. Um, when you when you get down into the Catechism of the Catholic Church and and things that that's written in there, like you know. Um, by saying you're saved by grace only, you know, that's anathema. It's a cooperation between you and Jesus, um, stuff like that. So I, I realized that um, it, my faith walk is, is now incompatible with the Catholic Church. So I, I left um, 
at there. And then I, I um, so that, I mean, that's, that's why I left, but then, um, be- becoming a pastor, um, it took me, it took several years before I really, uh, began to preach a lot in different places like the jail and things after I was saved right. because I was still learning. I was still learning a lot, um, and, and trying to, um, really get, get the handle of, of, um, my new faith and, 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 and try to walk in that. So, um, when I, my first real call was to be a church planter, uh, in a little town nearby. And, uh, it was a failing plant. Um, they had, somebody had tried to start the church there. I guess it was one off for about five years and, uh, this, nobody, but about two people were coming. And, um, then uh the the church i was attending to they they were the mother church of the church plant so the guy retired and and then they they kind of sent me to to try to revitalize it and uh, from two people we got up to about 60 people um in a relatively short amount of time but um that was just all god i mean it's not that's not not me you know but that you know that was just god moving and um so that was my first. And then uh, the, uh, COVID really kind of closed the church down Yeah, um, there. It altered under COVID. Um, I had a lot of baby Christians. Um, they were first-time believers. Uh, they weren't really, um, they, we hadn't had a, a, enough time to get rooted. I didn't have any, um, but, but two or three um, Christians that had been on the walk for a while. Mm-hmm. So it became, you know, the... Uh, it was like uh, it was like the story, you know. The birds came and ripped out the seed, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up having to shut it down. Where I'm at, then, then, in where I'm at now, uh, they broke away from the Methodist Church over um, our homosexuality, is why they they broke away. And but they were looking for a pastor, and uh, um, some of the things that they were wanting was um, a you know dispensationalist. Uh, a Calvinist and, uh, um, you know, so I kind of checked those bills. I'm, I'm one of the few probably dispensational Calvinists around, but you know, it's, I fit them. It's so interesting how the churches splinter over certain, certain things. And the next thing you know, you have like hundreds of denominations, right? And you're, you're basically, everybody's trying to agree on every single thing. And yes, it's so difficult to do that, right? It's like everybody just throws the baby out with the bathwater as soon as one thing do- doesn't quite align, right? And I think, um, man, is is there a church out, out there that kind of helps bring everybody together? I don't know. What do you think? No, I, the the problem with the problem with the church now is is standards is standards. There should be more churches together. Right. There should be more churches that agree. Right. Um, you know, you, you can have a church just split because, you know, um, th- this church likes to have a uh, chicken at their carry ins and, you know, and this other church likes to have, you know, meatloaf. At the, I mean, they, 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 they split over the, the, the dumbest of things. Right. But right now, everybody's panicked. Right. I, I said this, I think, uh, on, on Fermental. Uh, no, I mean, I'm not on Fermental. I, I think I said this on George Hobbs's uh, that. The church has become a business. And I don't think the church was ever supposed to become a business. Um, 
And with the business aspect, if you, you know, cause I, I, I have a small business, you know, you, you, you got to take a look at your inventory. You got to take a look at your, what you're spending. You got to take a look at what you're bringing in. Well, of course in the church, the inventory is the people and they're tithing, you know? And so you gotta, you gotta know how much people are bringing in. So, you know, how much the church can spend and, you know, and it's a numbers game. Well, it was never supposed to be that way. There are, there are truths in the Bible that are hard truths. There are truths in the Bible that don't make everybody feel happy, you know? But what do we, we live in an entertainment society. We live in an instant gratification society. So when you hit those things, I love to, uh, to preach expositorily. I, I like going through one book at a time and going in depth and, and preaching it. That, that makes me have to, to preach over the things that I would rather skip. Right, because they're not comfortable. But um, most churches, they they want that seeker friendly, right? They 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 don't want to be offensive. They they don't want to say anything that might ruffle you know r- ruffle the donors. <laughs> yeah, and so they you end up going there and you end up getting a nice little you know milkshake and you get to leave on, on a on a happy note. And, but that's not the that's not necessarily the bible the bible is that we're wretched horrible you know sinners that dwell on evil continually and our only escape is through christ you know i think one of the biggest problems um for me and i I bet for so many people is how we are led astray from the bible and they do it in a very sneaky way they they make it that genesis is an allegory that uh, all these things in the old testament are almost like fables Right, and I remember this moment where I where I read Genesis, and for probably like the twentieth time, and it just hit me that that it was the truth, and it wasn't an allegory. And then it's like, well, this makes sense, and this makes sense. like the Tower of Babel, the um, the giants, like David versus Goliath. Well, how can people just um, glance over David oh. versus Goliath? He, he was a giant, and yes. And um, the churches, it's almost like they're embracing, like my daughter goes to Catholic church and they're embracing um, the Big Bang Theory that Adam and Eve are just, uh, are, are just the allegory, right? It's not, it's, and that really, that really bothers me. So, you know, I, to me, this is a great segue is um, when, when you're preaching, are, are you putting an emphasis on on the bible not being an allegory or are you worried about the customers feelings yeah so i i am not i'm not worried about the customer's feelings um because i'm just i don't know i'm just stubborn that way you know um i i've, I've had people complain about my sermons you know they, they don't like it i we went through ephesians and if you know about ephesus right you'll know that uh, the the uh, temple of Diane or the temple of Aristotle was there as one of the seven wonders of the world, right? Uh, and and I went in I went into, you know, who that is. That, you know, Diana is the same is the same as Astaroth and Astaroth is the same as Ishtar and Ishtar is the same as Anana from the Sumerian text, you know. And it's the same fallen entity that goes down through the ages and what do we have now, you know? Do uh, you think the fertility goddess has left the Old Testament? Heck no. You know, turn, turn on MTV for a minute. You know, you'll see booty shaking and you'll see, you know, every sexual perverted thing that you could ever see. We're, what do we have on our phones now? We, 
A lot of people are dealing with pornography because it's right there in our phones. We can do it in private, you know? Yeah. Um, these gods never went away. But see, I, I, I would talk about that and talk about, you know, Moloch and Baal and, and all that. And, uh, you know, some people didn't, didn't really want to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I'm sorry, but it's, it's in the text and it's the, it's the context that the text was written in. So by the time you get down to the end, you know, and, and uh, chapter six, he's telling you about the whole armor of God that you have to put on because of the powers, principalities and, and, and high places. And when, what is that? Well, those are those gods that, that have always been around. Those are those small G gods, you know? Yeah. So no, I, 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 I hit it with, um, you know, with, with pretty much literal, literal interpretation, unless it tells me otherwise. And most of the time, I use King James, uh, not that I'm real. I think there's some Bibles that are absolute trash. I, I really do. Some, some uh, versions like the message, you know, okay. um, this, I, I would read the Bible than the message. Um, but I think, uh, 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 so I use King James, but I, I, it tells you when it's allegory. You know, it tells you when it's like something. You know, other than that, yeah, no, there were giants, there were fallen angels. The that's how we got to flat Earth. That's how I got to flat Earth was the 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 actual reading of what a firmament is, um, what she, you know, she, Sheol is. Um, that you know, we were on pillars, we don't move. I mean, if there was just one verse in the whole Bible that said that the Earth is floating through the universe like a you know, you know, like a I don't know, egg on a eagle's wing or anything you know yep. it, it does it, um, it blew my mind like i said reading genesis for the 20th time and on the second day god created the firmament and that's what he did on the entire second day that's how much effort that's how much it took from him right like it, yeah. it was an entire day and we just glance over that like to me that blows my mind that an entire day just kind of get glanced over and we just can't wait to get to adam and eve you know yeah that's exactly right. It's, it took it took it took time. I mean, you know, the firmament is is beat out. It's something that that had to be hammered out, or you know, it's 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 you know, I'm sure that God, you know, our 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 vision of what that means, you know, to take like take metal and beat it out into something. I mean, we have this this thought, but for God, it, it obviously He didn't need to do that necessarily. But we don't know. All I know is that you're exactly right on that day. He separated the waters from the waters and he put this barrier in and it's a real barrier. It's not, it's not atmosphere. It's not, it's a barrier Yeah, and uh, it windows and it has doors in it. <laughs> yeah. So one of the great things about true earth, and I did a little essay on this was how these globe believers, these globe deceivers talk about how, oh, on an uh, on an airplane, you can jump up and down, and that the atmosphere just moves moves with the earth. I'm like, you you don't understand. They're telling you that you are on a convertible airplane. Your airplane has no roof on it, and you are flying through the galaxy at hundreds of thousands of miles per hour in a convertible airplane spaceship covered with water spinning. Like, if this doesn't bother you, then you just aren't looking at it because it bothers me and i mean for us to talk about this i always get amped up and and fired up so um yeah yeah i'll let you go continue no no but that i mean that it's it's 
what what has happened in our education system and it's really the indoctrination system yeah it's that they don't teach us to critically think and i'm guilty of it i'm guilty it's not till it's not till the last you know yeah. 20 years and that i've been trying to critically think and take a look at everything that's going on they don't teach you i mean if you go outside and i never told you as a, as as a young a young child that we're spinning and that, that all this stuff is going on, you would believe your senses. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm spinning. I, I you know, the, the stars come up, the North Pole's always been there. Orion's stars line up with the pyramids every single year and they have for thousands of thousands of years. If we're in an expanding universe, something should have changed by now, but it's not. It's the exact same over and over and over. And that goes back to Genesis. Genesis says they, that you know he put the the sun, the moon, and the stars in in there, and they were to tell seasons, which is exactly what the moon does. It tells you the day, which is exactly what the sun does, and it tells you the year, exactly what the uh, the stars do. Right. It's God's clock, and it's for it says that there's four signs, you know, and uh, I uh, and yeah, so there's. The thing that bothers me too is about the moon and how uh, every month should be a 28th day month, 28 day month, 13 months. And to me, that would be the, the proper calendar then. And it would, yes. and it would make quite a bit more sense. And going back to what you said earlier about um, laying your pride down as a man, as an older man too, like I'm 45. When I found out about, you know, the true earth, I was probably about 43 and I really Honestly, the key to my success was to lay my pride down and to admit that I was fooled and and I was okay with it. I was okay that I was deceived and that I was fooled and going forward, I'm going to do my best to right, right that ship and at least, you know, walk a, a, a road with faith and uh, try and do my best to, you know, wake other people up. And I think, um, I think that's a huge key to put your ego aside, right? It, it is. And, and it's also to see the repetitive, the repetitiveness of their lies, right? If you're a Christian, you can't believe in evolution. Well, they're lying about evolution. The same people who are lying about evolution is lying to you about the shape of our earth. When you get down to, you know, there are no giants and that's all allegory. No, there are giants, you know, so they lied about that. Well, you know, uh, 9-11 was really done by, you know, a guy on dialysis in a cave. No, 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 no. We know now that we had a lot to do with 9-11, you know, the, the get to the COVID. You know, a lot of people woke up on the, uh, on the earth realm uh, in, in COVID and it's because they, again, they lied to us about where it came from and, and they lied to us about the, the treatment. And, and after you get lied so many times, you know, eventually you should wake up and say, hey, you know what? These people aren't lying. <laughs> They're not being truthful. What else are they lying about? Exactly. Exactly. It's so, it's, and it's so important to hammer that, to hammer that home when you're talking to people. It's like, do you believe that 9-11 was an inside job? And, I, and I'm actually thinking that more than 50% of people now believe that there's just no way, right? Especially when you get into the details, like, uh, like the passport. Or the zero wreckage at the Pentagon or in the field. There was no wreckage. Like it no. just disintegrated. Like all of it's just disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, even like when it hit the towers, you know, there is no way that aluminum wings 
and penetrate steel, no matter how fast it's going. Um, my father, my father-in-law worked at um, worked at a shipping company, and he, and he would do what they call C checks on the airplanes. There's only four bolts on each side holding them wings on. Four bolts. That's it. Now you're telling me that these four bolts had enough tensile strength to hold on to aluminum as it crashed into metal to make the outline. Yeah. No way. No way. Uh, yeah. The way I picture it is is the plane like crumpling and then falling down the side of the building. That's how I picture it actually yeah. happening. It would hit. I mean, it would make damage. I think it would be damage for sure. It would, it would rock the building, but it would just crumple up and it would just maybe even hang hang half in, half out. But then those cones are just aluminum and they're and they're empty. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, and so when you see it come out the other side, you still see the the shape of the nose cone coming out of the other side of the building. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you know, it's just those things that after you deal with this and the passport, you said that. That drove me. That's when I knew, lock, stock, and barrel, that that whole thing was set up when they said, oh, we found the passport. It's like, Great. are you kidding me? You did <laughs> not find the path. The, one of the things that really bothers me, too, um, going back to faith, is the Big Bang Theory and how it was, how it came, a Jesuit priest came up with it and now it's just taught as if it was fact. And uh, honestly, I used to think, oh, the, Adam and Eve, that's it's kind of it's silly, it's it's whatever. But then when you actually focus in on the Big Bang theory, that uh, like the entire universe could fit in the size of a pin, and then for no reason whatsoever, it explodes, and over billions of years, this things start to just randomly come together, and we crawl out of this ooze as monkeys, and then we shape shift into to people like. Can you not hear yourself? Like, who 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 came up with this story? It is really the dumbest thing that has ever been said out loud, and people buy it hook, line, and sinker, and look at us uh, true earthers as we're the crazy ones. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, first of all, a Jesuit, you can you can that that's a red flag, right? Know, for Illuminati lovers, you know that 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 sends up all sorts of bells but then you know now now that that whole big bang theory they, they've had to kind of smooth it over with the help of the the, the recently passed uh, hawkings it's the singularity it's the singularity you know now it's that we, we didn't come from nothing it's just that the universe contracted down and made negative energy only to spring back forth with the positive energy and shoot it all back out and we could have done this um you know at, at infinite amount of times. But even in that, you still had to go back, okay, well, when the first singularity happened, where did the stuff come from? You know, I mean, yeah. you have, that becomes something. Show me that, boss. Yeah. Make, make something out of nothing. You know? Yeah. I think one of the best analogies I've seen lately was a, a watch, like an old pocket watch, completely taken apart, all the random pieces and i mean like watches are intricate all the gears right and mm-hmm. they said could you imagine leaving this like having a vacuum box throwing it into outer space and in two billion years that watch will just randomly assemble itself and start working that's yes, nuts right like that's us like we're one of the most complicated e- engineering marvels ever 
and you're going to tell me that there is no God. There's a there's a book that I read. It's it's pretty it's pretty deep, um, pretty complicated, but it's uh, by Stephen Myers called The Signature in the Cell, and that's that's a really good book um, about just the complications of of who we are, you know, and and how it just couldn't have been by chance, you know. I mean, the laws of thermodynamic prohibit that whole that whole nonsense. Not nothing. Nothing comes from chaos in the order. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine telling my mom when I was uh, younger, she said, go clean up your room. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to do that because I know sooner or later it'll, it'll, it'll fix itself. Right. Because that's what happened to the universe from disorder to order. So my room's going to do the same thing. After she, uh, you know, uh, beat me a couple of times, I, I had to go in there and clean my room up, you know, <laughs> not really. After but, I got yeah. a stern... So I know when I got your email, it's like, ah, okay, this guy, it, he's on to something though, because we're, uh, brings me back to the pa- painting everybody with a, with a broad stroke, right? Like all, all pastors, are they intentionally deceiving? Are they intentionally not speaking, you know, the, the way we want with customers in, in the church? Um, our, our professors, our astronomers, like one of the, one of my big things is different career paths. And once you get to a, a certain point, are you intentionally deceiving people once you kind of see the wizard behind the curtain? Or, you know, how do you want to live your life? Right? How, like, with the information that you have now, wouldn't you feel guilty holding that back from people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you just can't. I mean, you're not supposed to anyway, right? I mean, every man, you know, let, let God be true and every man a liar. Uh, as a pastor, I'm held to a higher um, accountability uh, than than just a regular person is. You know, I I I'm supposed to handle the truth, and I'm supposed to tell the truth no matter what. You know, because I'll be judged on that as as a as a under shepherd. You know, so if if I know some truth, even though it may offend you, I still have to share that truth. You know, now timing is everything. You know, I, like um, what what I did at my the the, the church plant and what I'm hoping to do at this new new church as I as we get acclimated with each other. Mm-hmm. Um how they used to do fifth Sunday sings. So on the fifth Sunday, people would come in and they would sing and, and things of that nature. Uh, they, they, around here they did that. So because um, most most months only have four Sundays, but every once in a while you got a fifth Sunday. Well I had a fifth Sunday conspiracy uh service and I would bring up this some of the fringe things. Uh, in the Christian community. So I would bring up, you know, really, um, you know, what are aliens? And that's a big one now. See, I'm, I'm upset that pastors aren't talking about this because your, 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 your members in your church sitting there are hearing Fox News. They're hearing the mainstream media. They're hearing about aliens. Well, what are they? Well, you know, if you don't address that with your congregation, they're going to think they're little green men from a different solar system. You know, no, they're they're fallen angel. It's fallen angel technology. They're working with human beings, and they're making this the setup of great deception. You know, um, stuff like that. You got to warn them about things. You know, um, transhumanists. You know, there, there's nobody talking about transhumanism. Uh, Elon Musk just put the Neuralink, you know, and and said it was working. Well, you know, my rule on transhumanism is it's it's for restoration. It's not for augmentation. That's just a simple little little rule. So if you if you're missing a hand and they can give you a hand through transhumanism, 
but it, but it, but it works like your hand. Well, that's restoration. I mean, we got to take a look into that. But if I have a good hand or good arm and I replace it so it's a stronger arm so I can play football better, that's augmentation, you know? And so when we go to like the chip and, and things like in your brain and things that they're doing, they're not just happy with, you know, trying to help people who, because um, it all sounds good at the beginning, right? Right. It's, it's, a, it's, a Pandora, it's literally a Pandora's box, right? It can, that, it can morph into something horrific like Facebook, right? That's it. And, and so what we're going to do now, well, they, they're going to want to, they want to, you know, have the internet hooked to your chip. So then when you take a look down the line in the Bible, what happens? Well, we know that there's going to be a mark of the beast and you're not going to be able to buy, sell or trade without it. Well, what is that? Well, when you're saved, you have God, the Father, God, the Son, you got God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit steals you, Ephesians, until the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit comes with inside of you and he seals you. And that's your connection with God. Well, what's the mark of the beast going to be? Well, it's going to be something like a microchip or something. The Satan's plan, Satan's system is going to come inside of you and it's going to be mocking the Holy Spirit. Now you're connected to the satanic system where the Holy Spirit connects you to God's, the, those chips or whatever they're going to do to, to help regulate it is going to be connected to Satan's. It's, it's just, uh, he, he always mocks what God does. Right. I, I, I would assume that the chip, the mark, the mark of the beast would be to steal your free will. Because that really is the, to me, to me, that is the ultimate, right? If, if you lose your free will, that's it. It's over. And I'll tell you how they can, all they got to do is start taking uh, food away from you. Start taking, you know, um, your freedoms away. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I think, uh, what, circus and bread? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as long as you're willing to uh, do whatever you got to do for circus and bread, they, they got you by, they got you controlled. It's, um, I don't know if I've ever told this story on, on the podcast or not, but when we were, what was it? March 15th, March 16th of the, the year that the pandemic happened, we let all our food run out. We didn't even have like, I think we had like one or two rolls of toilet paper left because we we're going to be gone for a month to the U S on a road trip. And wouldn't you know it, the day before we leave, they close the border. And all of a sudden, I have to go to the grocery store. And coincidentally, on the news, they had just like put, put on the whole fear factor, right? Like, oh, this is like, this is it. We're going into lockdown. Like, A, we're in the middle of a pandemic and everybody's going to Costco and like hoarding toilet paper. It's like, if you're going to die... Or if you're, or if there's a disease out there, why would you risk yourself to, to do these things? Anyway, I was the man of the house. I risked myself going to a grocery store at the very beginning of a pandemic to try and go resupply quickly. And what do I see? I see people hoarding as much meat as they can in the, in their carts and all the pastas were gone off the shelves. And I'm like, wow. This is day one and people are, don't care about their neighbors. They care about themselves and survival, right? And here I am, I'm just like shaking my head. All I want is like one or two pieces of chicken because I, I, I was not panicking whatsoever. If I, if, if I went seven days without food, I could probably do it. As long as I got water and got a little bit of electricity, I'm okay. But wow, I was just really surprised at um, 
you know, 80% of people, 80% of people are just trying to survive by any means necessary. They'll step on you to, to oh, get yeah. And that was, that was really upsetting to me, especially, and I don't even live in that big of a city. There's only 35,000 people. I thought the community aspect would kind of be there, but once you look at it, it's like, holy crap, do you, do you know all your neighbors, right? Most people don't even know their neighbors anymore. Most people will whip out their phone to record somebody getting beaten instead of stopping the beating from happening, right? Like, where are the men? <laughs> yeah, where are the men? And, uh, and that's, a, you know, we talked before about nutrition and, and different things of that nature. You know, our, our testosterone in men, it's the lowest it's been forever, right. you know? And, uh, of course, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to make some women mad, but with, with the rise of feminism and, and everything, and women can do things, you know, better than men can do. And that's what we're told. We see it on TV all the time. Every, every TV dad's an idiot. You know, every TV dad is, right. is disconnected. You know, there is no respect for the man. That's why I think a lot of men were... You know, there's a lot of men that have anger issues uh, and, and are uh, unfortunately suicide and things with men because we don't, we don't know where we belong anymore. You know, a, a, woman wants a, a woman wants a man for protection, but they don't want a man to assert any kind of manliness, you know, and, and not, not, all women, not all women, of course, but, but, but that's what they project, at least, uh, you know, on, on TV and, and in social media and things. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know what, the great thing about being awake too, and we, us talking about this is that anybody can go back and fact check us. Like, look at, look at Seinfeld, the show, these people were teaching people how to not have relationships to se sever yourself from somebody you might have a chance of loving over the stupidest thing ever. And, oh, don't worry. There's just, there's, there'll be somebody else. It's New York. It's, it's whatever. Then you have the show Friends. A, a, a bunch of idiots in their mid thirties, like just hanging out with each other. It's, right. it's insane. Nobody's having families. And then all the family shows, like you said, like uh, my wife and I were watching everybody loves Raymond and I'm like smacking myself in the head. I'm like, yeah, it's funny, but why does he have to be such a moron? He's like the worst husband ever. And it's like, I mean, I don't want to catch too much flack, but we go back in time, uh, one of the greatest TV dads was Bill Cosby. I, I think Bill Cosby was such an amazing, strong man, right? Uh, family ties, family ties. Like the, the dad, he was like a, a, a really, he, he might have been a liberal or soft-spoken, but he was a good father and he was taking, taking care of his family. He wasn't, he wasn't the village idiot, right? That everybody was walking right. for. And uh, that's and what he's, you know. Yeah, it's worse with cartoons too. I mean, if you look at the cartoons on Disney, you know, the dad's always an idiot, but the children are always the smartest. They're the ones that figure things out. They're the ones that, you know, complete the puzzles. And, you know, you talk about Genesis. See, it goes back to Genesis, right? Uh, there was Adam and Eve, you know, they were made together. And when Eve, you know, partook in the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, right? We find out later that Adam wasn't deceived. Adam loved his wife so much. That he went ahead and ate the fruit anyway to join her in her plight. That's what a man would do. You know, that's manliness, that, 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 that love, that bond, you know. I mean, all the time I, I hear a lot of Christian uh, talk about, you know, well, God so, you know, that uh, we should love our wives as, as Christ loved the church, right? We, we hear that all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Well, then how come you're leaving your wives? Jesus don't leave you. Then why are you leaving your wife? Why is divorce in church just as high as divorce outside of church? You know, it's because the, the whole household set up backwards because we brought the world into our household, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just really, um, we really live in the upside down. You know, we really do. Yeah, I, I don't know how to fix that. I mean, it's, it, I take a lot of these things for granted. I don't, like, one of my friends was saying my superpower is my family, my, my relationship with my wife. And I, the only, the only real trick to it is me just wanting to be a better man constantly, like to constantly try and be a better man. Um, it helps that I have daughters too. I'm always trying to set the bar high so that, <laughs> you know, like they're, I feel bad for them. It's funny. I'm sounding like a egomaniac, but I want to set the bar so high that their husbands, their boyfriends will have to work extremely hard to try and outdo me. You know, like I, like mm-hmm. I, I can always rescue my kids. I can always rescue my wife. I, but I, I rely on them too. It's, but they know that I'm the head of the family and I'm not some goof that, that they punk on. Right. Like that's. Well, it's, it, I'll tell you something that I, that I did um, with my daughter. And it was my longest prayer uh, as far as the length of time. Uh, I prayed, it was very little, that God would raise her up a man to be a good man, a godly man, right? Mm-hmm. And I prayed just out 18 years, 19 years, you know? Yeah. And um, she met a guy that um, lived oh, two hours away, two and a half hours away. He was a musician. And um, they started dating. And I, he was a Christian. He is a good man. I never, I never had to, you know, uh, I never had to wonder. I had never worry, you know, because from the very beginning, you just saw that he was a good man. And um, he is a good man. You know, he's, 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 a, he's a dad of both my grandkids and stuff. And he's a very faithful man. Um, that was that that was the answer to prayer that was my longest prayer when 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 she met him and they got married find to come to find out he never dated anyone because uh in high school or anything he never went on dates and things he had a journal that he wrote out of what he wanted in a woman and what he wanted in a future wife but he said when he was start dating it would be somebody that started that that he wanted to to investigate marriage with he just didn't want to go out and have a good time. If he's going to date somebody, it was for the purpose of getting to know whether he should marry them or not. And my daughter checked off like all these things that he had in his journal. And it, it was just, that was amazing. It's just an amazing story. I, I really, I really wish that they would write a book about it. Yeah. You that know? is very divine, right? Like your prayers were answered. His prayers were answered. Her prayers were answered. That's very divine. It's, it's very good. I'm very blessed with that. You know, I did, I didn't, I never had to, uh, you know, go out there and be startled at the boyfriend, you know, like you're dating him <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But, but you know what, that is a, that is a thing that a lot of people have to, have to worry about, right? Like, especially in a, in a fatherless home when there is no North star, that compass, right. And in so many homes there, there is no God either. Right. At least right. if there's no father, let there be a higher God. Father. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, but that's by design too. And it's, and it's a tragedy. So we, 
I mean, we got a we got a lot of work to do. I mean, it, it, and I'm I'm sad about the um, you know I'm very sad about um, the uh, our our black community in America. They were the last holdouts. They really were. I mean, they had the father, they had the mother. They was for a very long time. They, it was there. They, all their families were tight knit. You know, I, I grew up in Cincinnati and and things, and we had uh, you know black families around. And I mean, you know, what was really kind of funny is that uh, if they got in trouble at school before they got home, you know, they got in trouble by all their other relatives on the way home. You know, I mean, it was yeah. such a close, tight knit family, and now it's just been, you know, a bombed. I mean, it's just. And it's, it's, it's been, it's, it's sad what has come with all of our communities, yeah. you know, but especially, especially the black um, community, it, it's, it's an atrocity like that, that doesn't get spoke of enough. Like one of the things that really bothers me too, is this, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for when you're p- not patriot, uh, patronizing, like to me, black history month is very pa- patronizing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, it is. I, I think that if you're going to teach history, we're we're all in it together. There's no Chinese History Month. There's no Spanish History Month. There's no um, like when you say white people, like and, and black people too. There's black people from Jamaica. There's black people from Africa. There's black people from Australia. Like to say, like to, if somebody just said you and me are the exact same thing because we're white. Like my my family's yeah. from Russia, from Germany. Like we're we're not the same, right? It's a very different culture. Yeah, right. I'm, it is. I'm from I'm, we're, our, my family's from Ireland, so you know. I mean, the only thing we get uh, we would have in common is, uh, I guess, being able to drink. But other than that, <laughs> we can drink and, a lot. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that, uh, you know, and it, and then the the heroes that they pick out during Black History Month just aggravate me. You know, RuPaul. Oh my God. What? Why is, why is why is that freak a hero? Why why don't you talk about um um Robert Smalls? You know the 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 guy that ran away from the South, stole a South ship, went to the North, fought for the North, became a uh you know um a representative in 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 the House. I mean, how, why why don't we pick out if we're going to pick out the people to to you know yeah to elevate right or to feature yeah yeah. Bring up the real role models, not not RuPaul, not you know, all these other guys that they, that they pick out that are you know, uh, I don't know. It just bugs me, and and that and that really does bother me about Robert Smalls because they they pass him up all the time, and he was just his story was just amazing. I mean, like when he where he left as a slave after the war was over, he came back, and the family that had him as a slave they became destitute, and he. He fed them. I mean, going back to the people who owned you and treated you like a slave, and then to feed them and house them and help them in their later age. I don't know. I could have done that, but he did because he was a Christian. Yeah, I just say that that's the most godly thing that you could probably do is to absolutely forgive, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. With stuff like that, it is. It's 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 very bothersome where we have come as a family unit. And, and and how they have destroyed that has just been been something, and we let it happen. We let it happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm running. I'm writing an essay too on um, pornography right now, and how it is the absolute sickest in inverted thing that they could do to separate a man and a woman. Like the most sacred thing 
when two people come together is completely perverted, right? And you can tell, like anybody should at least open their eyes and see that th this really is a tool of the devil. It is not something to educate you with. And the the sooner you can break away from from this, and no, I'm not judging anybody, like I've, I've obviously looked at pornography before too, but the sooner that you can break away from this, um, the better because um, it, it it's a mind-altering drug, right? There's so many people addicted to it. Yes, it, it releases it releases dopamine, uh, and and then um, if you take a look at the long-term effects of it, you know we have a lot of ED, erectile dysfunction, oh, yeah. and that's one of the side effects from looking at too much porn. Is that you you have ED, you have intimacy issues, you have unrealistic expectations. And, and all the while, your brain has been chemically changed into wanting that hit over and over and over. You yeah. Know? It's, it's, it's a legalized drug that, that uh, really. Well, and it's, and like, like any good conspiracy theory, you know, swear word, it's, it's designed, it's designed this way. It's designed on your phone so that you can get, you can get it whenever you want it and, um, what's the guy, Rob McAfee? Do you remember Robert McAfee or is that his name? Mm -hmm. The guy, the virus, the virus guy, McAfee virus scanning. Anyway. Oh the, yeah. Yeah. The guy that created it, who committed suicide because he didn't want to pay taxes anymore. This is a great rabbit hole. But if like he, he was actually talking about how like Pornhub and all, all these different apps, they're, they're created so that they could steal as much information from you as humanly possible. Like you don't realize uh, what you're installing or what you're using on your computer. They they are tracking your keystrokes. They are they are hacking everything. Uh, you think you're you're getting this stuff for free and you're paying an, a very very uh, intimate price. Yeah, that's how, well, that's how everything is right now. Nothing nothing, right. nothing is. Unless, unless you're living in the Fuhrer bunker, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they on from you left and right, you know. Just like social media, we we are the the product, right? Like we are, yeah, we, we are that thing. So it's just I, like like Netflix, you know. I mean, Netflix keeps track of what you watch, and then they only suggest things that they think that you'll like. I would like to someday look at Netflix and see a lot of things that I've. It's not even in the genre that I'm normally watching, you know, but they don't show you that because they're, it, they're, you're the, you're the product and they're trying to show right. the things, you know, it, it's a great distraction. I mean, there's a lot of things that I should be doing, should be writing, should be creating. And here I am mm -hmm. sitting watching NASCAR. I don't even watch NASCAR, but I'm watching NASCAR shows on Netflix and it's like, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, what, one of the questions I had for you, um, and I think it's really appropriate, is like, what what are some ways that uh, that you would help, or or that we can help people that reject God op open their hearts and and bring Him in, or is that is that a not a fair question to ask? I mean, I, I just I, I would really like to see a lot more atheists be open to at least listening. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I think. I mean, really, it, you just have to live your life, right? And you have to, and 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 a, and a Christian that has faith, um, just like you with the pandemic, right? S surely somebody 
may have been watching you see that you're not in the panic, right? Well, what makes you so different? You know, or your neighbors, you know, what makes you so different? We're, we're over here and we're, you know, we're, we're taking baths and hand sanitizer. We're, we're, we're wearing three, four different masks, you know? Yeah. And what makes you, well, I'm, I'm different because I believe in Jesus Christ. My, my faith is in him. My faith isn't in the science. My faith isn't in the worldly things, you know? Um, it, it, it's it right now it's just hard and i think part of the part of that is and maybe where i'm where we may head here a little bit but uh, but but part of that is is that um it's been we've been designed so much to separate ourselves out from god everything's designed to separate you out from god right now because they they don't want godly people they can't control godly people you know because our power is in a higher power, uh, but they want they want to be the higher power. You know, they want you to see them as the authority. They don't want you seeing your God given rights uh, and, and looking at God as the authority. So it's it's really right now where we're at is I think it's the Church of Laodicea. Um, this this mindset that we have. If you take a look at Revelation chapter uh, three, um, it's the Church of Laodicea. We're neither hot nor cold. We're just lukewarm. We're just most Christians are just getting by. We go to Sunday and tip our hat, and then we do whatever we want to do the rest of the week, right? Mm-hmm. You really have to live out your faith. Um, I think it was St. Francis uh, said that um, always preach the gospel and on occasion use your words. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think a lot of Christians are just Sunday, Sunday morning closet Christians, and nobody really knows, you know. Um, they don't want to tell people and it's hard to tell people because then if you tell your coworkers at work or you tell your next door neighbors, well, I'm a Christian and I go to church. Well, then now you're living in, now you're living in a fishbowl because now they're looking at every aspect of your life and trying to see where you're going to fall, you know, or you tell people, um, that you used to know, right. That now I, I'm a Christian now. Oh yeah. We well, are Christian. Well, you, you remember when you did this, you remember when you did that, you know? And they don't believe you. You know, it takes time, yeah. but it's living out your faith. It's living out your faith, and uh, and accepting that 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 you don't have all the answers, and accepting that 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 yeah, you're a hypocrite. You know, um, I would rather meet a real Christian that has flaws than a Christian that's fake and they act like they don't have any flaws. You know, and then I, I love it when people tell me that. You know, I don't go to church because there's too many hypocrites. Yeah, well, you go to McDonald's and they go there too. <laughs> you go to the grocery store, they're in there too. The only place you won't go where the hypocrites are is church. Now, why is that? You know, uh, I think so many people on their faith journey too make make this mistake where they they get a little bit of virtu- virtuousness, they get a little bit of um, you know that that feeling like oh here here I am, and they start looking back on where they were at some of the people who might might be where they were on that level and start judging them. And yeah, that, that rubs people wrong too. It's like, well, who the heck are you? Two we- two weeks ago you were doing the same thing as me and now all of a sudden you're you're this virtuous pompous ass and meanwhile, as you grow in your strength and your faith, it's not it's not so much being virtuous, it's about being humble and strong and and yeah, working on your character and and letting go of your pride, realizing that yeah, you're not perfect, you never were perfect. And yeah, 
So that I, I know that that's one of the biggest beefs um, with people. There's only two kinds of sinners. There's a saved sinner and a lost sinner. That's it, you know. Yeah. And that's and and then once you start thinking too heady, I mean, look at where Jesus spent his time. You know, I think it was a Todd Agnew song. Uh, he he was an artist way back when. His name was Todd Agnew, but he said that uh, uh, you know Jesus hung around with thieves, sluts, and liars. Well, mo- most of the church today wouldn't wouldn't do that at all. You know, he says something about uh, that that Jesus wouldn't be uh, accepted into their church because he might get some blood stains on the carpet. You know, we're supposed to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium, and, uh, and that's what happens with that pompous thing. And you see that a lot. People not being down to earth, and I mean, if nothing else, you ought to be able to relate to the people who are in the mess because you were just in the mess too. Right. Yeah. the The best thing that you could probably do for yourself is be the average of the people that you hang out with. Have some people, some mentors that you can look up to to get to that level, and have some people a little bit below you so you can help bring them up to and be that mentor because that keeps you humble and uh, like. It's just, it's really nice to have people on both sides, right? Because you, it makes you feel good to lift people up too, right? And it makes you feel good that you're not alone, that you have somebody that can actually mentor you. And um, that's, to me, that that's a huge thing in, in life. And that's one of the things that I have a somewhat of an issue with, with some of these, um, these young mega churches, right? They're, they're, they're all in the same age group. We need the older people. You know, we, we need, we need to have the elders. We need to have the, 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 the 60, 70, 80, 90 year olds in church. We need to listen to what they have because they're knowledgeable, not just about scripture, but about life, you know, yeah. and, and, and there's this big divide. And the, and the, the other sad part is that the older people oftentimes run the younger people off because they don't, they don't want the, 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 the new music or they don't want, the, you know, they want them to dress like, you know, they're going to a funeral and, and you know, and, 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 and so right. and people tend to judge the younger people, run them off and the younger people tend to want to ignore the older people, but we, you got to come together. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough. It's like, it, it's like the analogy of being on the highway and everybody going faster than you is, is crazy. And everybody going slower than you is an annoying idiot, right? Yeah. You're the only normal person on the highway. Uh, and, and it goes back to what you were saying a little earlier, you know? Uh, if I go to a football game, guess what's at, guess what's in the arena? Guess what's at the stadium? Old people, 70, 80, 90 year old people, young people and children. We're yeah. all able to go there, root our, root our favorite uh, sports guy on, but we can't get to a church and root on our faith. Right. You know? Right. I, Odd. I, I don't know what to suggest. The hot dogs at the church. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Uh, that be they, they, then it would be a controversy of whether or not you can bring a hot dog into the sanctuary, you know. Right. No, that's or so- what, but one of, the, one of the big things that I wanted to talk to you about tonight, and I'm super excited about, is um, the music. And yes. whether, uh, how do you want to start this segment? Because I I think that this is such a fascinating part of the things that you talk about. Yeah. So. As we've been talking about, you know, things are designed and things have been designed. Um, and one of the designs that I believe that have, uh, 
come around is that um, they've really tried to separate us, obviously, from God and, and, and from his creation in particular. You know, that's why we're looking at uh, they're trying to get what the 10 minute city stuff going on and they want to get everybody out of the, you know, rural areas and stick them all in cities and, and things of that nature. Um, because I think it goes against how God created the world, right? In the beginning, God said, right? He said he made creation by saying things. Mm-hmm. Saying is a vibration. A saying has frequency. When you use your voice, um, you are creating um, frequency and vibration. And I want to, I want to kind of give a little definition on that. Frequency is how repetitive something or something that is repetitive, right? So it just repeats itself. That's what frequency is. But I want to talk a lot about hurt today. And hurt is how many times does that pattern happen per second? That that's what hurt. Now I start talking about frequencies and I start talking about vibrations as a Christian. Um, we have been geared to like, whoa, you know, pull back, you know, run away. This is new age. This is, uh, um, yeah, this is demonic. Everything that's dealing with, you know, frequencies and, and vibrations and, and, and energy works, you know, this is all demonic, but it's not. We were talking about sex just a little bit ago and pornography. Sex is not evil, but what Satan has done is he's twisted it around and he's perverted the idea of what it is, what it means, things of that nature. I believe the same thing has been done with our music and with frequencies and with Hertz. Um, Tesla said, if you want to discover the secrets of the universe, uh, then you got to talk in energy, frequency, and vibration. Tesla did a lot of things uh, with, with this, this, this category. Um, and I think it'll, it'll come out to be true. But I think when God created everything, he spoke it into existence and everything was in harmony. All the frequencies, there's, there's some natural frequencies. And I'll talk about those in a second. Now, the the so, uh, Sofeggio scale frequencies. Um, but he, he created everything. And everything was in harmony. There was no discord. But when Eve took the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, sin happened and the fall happened. Mm. That, that first sin was the first sin of discord. Uh, all, of, all of the earth was cursed because they're no longer, it's no longer in perfect harmony with God. We experience death because we are no longer in harmony with God, there has been a discord. There's been some disharmony. And I think when we, we talked about a little bit ago, but how you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise into the day of redemption, Ephesians 1. I think that, that um, the Holy Spirit is God manifested inside of you, and he straightens out the disharmony of your flesh. And I think that's how we get to heaven is because we are now in harmony with him. Uh, at least we have a piece of his harmony within us. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is created and everything is in motion with frequency and with um, vibrations. Um, my, the cup I'm holding here, it, this is moving. Uh, you don't see it moving. Uh, I mean, my hand makes it move, but if it's just sitting there still, it's still moving. It has, uh, has uh, atoms in it. Atoms are spinning. They, they have a vibration. 
They have a frequency. So everything has a vibration and everything has a frequency. Um, how do we want to go from here? I, I think, I think one of the things I, we'll, we'll, I want to get to the music, but I think one of the things I want to talk about is the earth. Cause, uh, we're, uh, we're talking about the, um, uh, the realm of earth. And we know that in a, in the beginning in Genesis, God created the firmament. And it says he put the sun, the moon, and the stars in the firmament. Mm-hmm. And they, and they go around inside the firmament. Well, one of the things that you find when you start re- learning about um, frequencies and things is you learn about the Schumann resonance. The Schumann resonance is the hertz that the earth makes. It's a frequency. It's, it's, uh, it, it does uh, 7.83 hertz on a constant basis. When you take a look at the globe model, where an, a ball spinning out in the middle of a vacuum, what's creating the resistance to give us a resonant? You know, well, nothing. We're in a, it's in a vacuum. Nothing's causing it. But if you have a dome and you have the sun and the moon going around in it, I think that is causing the firmament or the glass dome or, or however you want to call it. Um, it, it is causing it to have uh, a resonance. It's, it's, it's vibrating at 7.83 times a second. And we can see with that, we know that the ice, if you're the, um, the flat earth area, you know that the ice wall goes all the way around. The ice wall is a positive. It's positively charged. As it goes through the earth and comes up to the center, to the North Star, it's, neg- it's negative. It's what the Tesla coil is based on. It is a positive to the negative with the copper wires in between, causing it to, to, to amp, up the, uh, amp up the voltage. Right. We, you and I, are the Tesla coils. We, we, are, we are the copper. We, uh, that electric comes into us and it, and, it, and it goes up. The frequency goes into us and it comes up through us. And, and it's what makes us run better. It's what makes us get connected. That's, if, you, if you hear even the atheists say, well, I, I love to walk in the woods because I feel so connected. Mm-hmm. It's you're no longer on the concrete jungle. You, you are now a part of God's creation which we should be um, a part of. I think some of the sun causing the vibration is uh, what causes the waves that we have um, in the oceans. So, um, for example, when we're talking about the sun and the moon and the stars being you know, set, in, set in, uh, in the firmament at the beginning, it also says it was for sign. Well, when I, when I tell you a sign, it, it tells you something. It's, 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 it's vocalization. Um, so when you take a look at like, um, um, when, when you take, let me get to my notes here. When you take a look at the. That's, I was going to say, that's interesting though, because I never really looked at the word sign before, because it says for signs and for seasons. And I never really highlighted the word signs. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, in Psalms 119, uh, it talks about the heavens declare, and this is spoken. When you declare something, you speak. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament thereunder showeth his handiwork. Mm-hmm. Um, if you continue to read in Psalms, it talks about how 
um, that the that the sun and the moon are are declaring and speaking and and telling us uh, the glories of God. Well, we can hear it. It's seven point eight three hertz. You know, it's it's coming through. It's it's his language. And how? What's his language? It's the language of life. You know, it wasn't until the sixth day that man and the animals were were here. I think it, that that pause was not just because we were the greatest of his creation or this was all for us, but I also think that the environment had to be right. And that environment was the electromagnetic uh, field that we live in. Um, any questions so far that, 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 that you have with what I'm saying? No, I, I was just going to say how much of a joke it is that, you know, a few years ago they were talking about populating Mars. And it's yeah. like, it, that is the ultimate, ultimate con. If they ever did like a total recall thing, it, it's just, there is no realm like our realm in, in the entire, there, whatever, gal made up galaxy. Like there is nothing else that, I mean, what, what you're explaining right now makes me think, wow, how special we are, but how far we've re been removed from actual science. Like the things that you're saying is like real science, like. Earth, Earth science, right? Well, and it's and it's, and it's your physical science, your mm. physical body. But how how do you how do you think that we have this electric? You know, everybody says it's electric, but I think our, our bodies really work off of frequencies. How do you think your body, you know, is 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 constantly in the morning? Your heart beats constantly. You know, um, your your whole body, the way the way it operates. How do you think that happens? It's you know, it they can't figure it out. They don't know. Well, that's because they 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 don't. They don't start with God. If they started with God, then they would realize that we're an electrical system that's that, and we have a toroidal field. Some people call that an aura, but we have a toroidal field, and our toroidal field is fed by God's creation. And it starts out with um, a resonance of seven point eight three. Big that big picture there, but I want to break it down into our music and into the disruptions that we have. Sure. So there are basically nine frequencies in the Sophigio scale. Uh, there was three that was, uh, they, they, they were found in the 1970s by Joseph Pulio. Uh, he found the other three, but there are, there are nine of these Sophigio scales up until, um, 1918, these scales were used in music, especially like uh, 528, that, that's a, that's a, um, a hertz, um, and, and 417 was as well. So when they would tune, uh, you, we got to get into tuning and how this works. If I'm going to tune my guitar today, I, I tune my A string to 440 hertz. So when I hit my string and I, and I get A, um, uh, that string needs to vibrate at 440 times a second to get the A in tune. Up until 1918, there were various scales. There were various ways to tune. But in 1918, the Rockefeller Foundation, you know, Rockefeller is just a, a great guy, right? <laughs> he, paid, he paid the American Federation of Musicians to start tuning their instruments to 440. When you look at the Sofeggio, scale um 440 is is exactly like 
the the most away from any of the natural frequencies we find in Earth. And I want to explain. I'm going to explain the, those here in a second. But just know that Rockefeller said that we want to put 440 in, and it wasn't very successful because we had a lot of our European brothers say, "Well, wait a minute, you know, we had uh, we, we have all these composers and all these composers of our great music." They used other scales, they, they, you know, and so we want to use the original scales. Well, he got it. So Rockefeller got with uh, uh, Joseph Goebbels. Now, if you remember who Joseph Goebbels was, he was the um, propaganda minister for the Third Reich. Okay. Goebbels is. And so the Rockefellers worked with the Nazis. And in 1930, uh, in 1939, 440 became the standardized tuning that all of our music today is written in. So that we, we went from the natural to the unnatural. We went from harmonies found in nature and harmonies that resonate with us to a, um, now, now we're in a total tuning that's in disharmony with us and they know it. So previously to 1918, they were tuning at a different frequency. So any, yeah. any classical music from before that time? Yes, yes. Hopefully. And back, I mean, and, and these tunings go back to uh, Gregorian chant, uh, and, and they know it goes back to Egypt. It goes back, you know, into even Samaria. They have some uh, instruments and stuff that they know that were that were tuned to different frequencies, but they were in the Sofeggio uh, scale area. So let's talk about Sofeggio scales real quick. There are nine Sofeggio scales, and um, the thing about the scales and, and, and the thing about the frequencies that you would tune to, um, they went down to Pythagorean math. So when you look at Pythagorean math and, and ancient math, um, they always they took everything down to single digits because in math, in real math, not American math or not the man-made math, but in real math, there's only uh, one through nine. Zero is not a number. Zero is a placeholder. So it's one through nine. And they're, they're, every number that we have are one through nine. And so um, what Tesla found out was that the numbers three, six, nine are very specific in the number realm. We think that he was, you know, like the, 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 the mastermind behind this. But it, this is this is old math. Uh, Pythagoras knew it. Uh, Aristotle knew it. Plato knew it. I mean, they all knew this math. Um, so when we have the, the the nine frequencies, what you find is that when you boil it down Pythagorean math wise, it's three, six, or nine. Every one of these are three, six, nine. This is what all of creation is based on. Are these? Frequencies of three, six, nine. Anything that's dis disharmonious is not harmonious with it. It's different than the three, six, nine. So four forty, right? So four plus four plus zero is eight. Eight. It's 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 not a natural. It's not one of these building blocks. How they got there, um, and some uh, uh, your listeners uh, would probably need to go and just just check out the Tesla three six nine uh, on YouTube. And you'll see, uh, you should see something that will make, uh, looks like a, like the infinity logo with uh, 369 as a triangle 
in between them. So let me just kind of explain it over the air, and then maybe maybe um, we might want to look it up if it interests you. But uh, one plus one is what? Two. Two plus two is four. Four plus four is eight. Eight plus eight is sixteen. Well, you got to add the six and the one together. That makes seven. So that means seven plus seven is fourteen. Add the four and the one makes it five. Five plus five is ten. Zero is just a placeholder. That's one. You go back up to one. If you do this over and over, like so, we got one, right? So, uh, so we go back up to one. Ten plus ten, because that was our last our last um, solution at five plus five. So ten plus ten is twenty. Twenty plus twenty is forty. It this makes a it, it makes a uh, an infinity symbol. It, it never breaks. You can do this for all of eternity, and you will still get back to that pattern again. The pattern that changes everything is three six nine. So uh, 6 plus 6 is 12. 1 plus 2 is 3. 12 plus 12 is 24. 2 plus 4 is 6. 24 plus 24, you, know, you just keep on going it out and it goes back and forth between 6 and 3. 9 is completely different. 9 plus 9 is 18. 1 plus 8 is a 9. You know, 18 plus 18, you can do that and it always comes back to 9. The Sofeggio scale is based on that math. So, for example, one of the most popular, um, uh, one of the most popular was is uh, five twenty eight hertz. Five twenty eight hertz is uh, if you add them together, five plus two plus eight equals fifteen. One plus five is six. So it's one of the three uh, denominators in there. Five twenty eight is also the frequency in the spectral realm of green. Because mm. every color has a different frequency. And it is in the spectral realm of green. When you take a look at the rainbow, because they're all right, they're all they're all in frequencies. Right. Green is the very center of the color spectrum. Also, and I'm going to talk about it here maybe in a second. When you take a look, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say a word that's gonna scare a lot of Christians. But when you take a look at the words, when you take a look at chakra, right? The points, if, if, if anybody knows about chakra, green is the heart chakra. It's the color for the heart chakra. And the heart chakra is love. So, I mean, in the midst of all of God's creation, ev- the, 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 the one place that he meets is in love. Everything was created by love. Frequency, you know, is love. I mean, it's all, it's all about love. Um, did I lose you yet? Are you following me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a lot with the 528, you know, like the, like I said, it's, uh, it's actually the F note that we hear. Um, it's, it's green. It's a heart chakra. Um, the sun gives out 528 hertz. Uh, so we can, we can tell what the sun has. It's 528 hertz. Oh, really? Okay. Help make uh, pi and phi uh, as far as the mathematical, which is, uh, how the pyramids came about, that the design of that. So it goes all the way back there. There's 5,280 feet in a mile, yep. right? Um, and if you take a look at the honeybees, honeybees, uh, a hive of them, the frequency off of a honeybee hive is 528. Oh, really? something, that's, something special about a honeybee hive, there's a couple of things. One is that, uh, you know, honey never goes bad. 
It's the only fr- it's the only food that just maintains, and it's because it's made literally with love, right? Um, and I didn't, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's just a, that's just a, a sample of of what of what we have. Four forty. Now you see why four forty is so devastating as music is concerned, because it doesn't reach and it doesn't touch any of God's creation. It doesn't touch any of the natural scales that we find in nature. It's 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 totally man made, manufactured, anti God, if you would, um, and 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 it, and it disrupts our chemistry it disrupts the natural healing that's why we that's why we're so sick um that's why we have all because we're not connected down to 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 nature we were never supposed to be in big cities i don't think i mean when when cain killed abel what did he do he ran off and he built himself a city you know he ran off to the i think we were supposed to be more rural i think we'd be supposed to be more connected with nature um there is, um, let me see, there's a lot with this. Is, I was going to ask you quick, is 440 red? Like, would that be like the lowest chakra? No, no, 440 is, um, no, 440 is not even that. It's just, there's okay. nothing. There's oh, nothing wow. like that. With so it's the, off the spectrum of color even. Yeah, yeah, because it's, 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 it really is just the man-made, man-made nastiness. Oh, interesting. You know? Okay, I didn't know that. It has no value whatsoever, um, except for disrupting. It's that disharmony I was talking about mm. and, and the fault, you know? So you can't think clearly, right? What Remember back in the, um, remember back in the eighties, all the pastors were saying, you know, burn your rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Uh, stuff. Well, they might've been onto something, not because it was rock and roll, right? But it's because of the frequency. The, the Nazis knew back then that sound had an effect on people and they know that today they can use sound it's called um it's called the uh, infra infra sounds um to make to, to scatter uh, a group of people yes i've seen these devices yeah we we listen humans can listen between 20 to 2000 uh, to 20000 hertz that's kind of our range but these but the lower it goes the lower the hertz the lower the times per second that we can hear, the more uneasy it makes us feel. And so when they play that, it actually makes you physically sick because the vibration is, is so caustic to your natural, normal vibration of living that you physically, you can puke, you can, you can lose your mind. There's a really good example in, the, in the 2002 at the Keynes Film Festival in France, there was a... Um, there was a Gaspar Noah had, had a movie called uh, Irreversible, and uh, it was in France. And when they played this movie, they had infrasound in there. Now, ultrasound is really high pitch where you can't hear it. Infrasound is low where most people can't hear it. It's, it's just low. The people in uh, watching it, now it was, it, was, it was a pretty gruesome movie. It was about a, a woman that got raped, and then she came back and she you know, killed the person that, that, that raped her. That, that's what the movie was supposed to be about. But about halfway through, they had so much infrasound in there that people had to have medical attention. They were puking, they were throwing up, they were feeling dizzy, they were passing out because there was so much low vibration going through that it, that it, that it, that it attacked 
the body physically. Wow. And did you see the movie uh, Leave the World Behind? No, that's that new one. I still haven't watched it. Well, um, I have a. They use a lot of infra uh, infra sound in there. Oh, okay. You can you, if you look it up on YouTube, it's, it's really interesting. A lot of your horror movies and things they use infrasound because it makes you feel anxious. Hmm. You, you have, or you know what's going on. You have a bad feeling that something is going to happen, but it's really a feeling. It's 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 not just like an intuition. It's because they're pumping frequency through the speakers in in a really good you know theater and physically feeling uncomfortable now how can this be used in other ways well how do we know what they're not pumping um infrasound over the radio to what we're listening look at how many cities have come together and, and with, with violence in their in their protests like i mean look at everything that's with hamas and stuff how do these people get worked up i, I wonder if we're not using infrasound to make everybody feel so uneasy and so stressed look at look at our young kids you know the the anxiety's off the roof i mean why well i think it has to do with what they're listening to and they're not listening to the natural frequencies we're listening to unnatural frequencies um there was a guy by the name of royal rife in the 30s he used frequency to cure cancer because uh, cancer cells can't live underneath a certain frequency. Your healthy cells can, but your uh, but the cancer cells that are contaminated with sickness they can't. And he was able to bust up, um, uh, bust up that. In 1939, there was a French doctor by the name of Jarl, and he went to help treat a Tibetan monk. Uh, and while he was there, uh, he got to see them raise up huge rocks. They levitated it by frequency and vibration by playing different wind instruments drums and with the own sound with their with their voice mm -hmm. and uh, it lifted up five when he was there of course he had video of it and uh the uh royal academy of science uh took those and so he he, he couldn't have those all this is all this is about frequency and all that is about what god has done how god's world and how it's been distracted. Think about how sick this is. Knowing that 440 is not a resonant frequency with any part of your body, with any part of your, we'll call it your chakra uh, or whatever. Um, knowing that it's a disruptor. How sick is it now that when we go to church and we sing our worship songs that we're singing in 440? We're not singing in the language that God spoke, we're singing in a language that the Rockefellers decided so that we could be inhibited. I, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, it, it is disturbing, right? Uh, but it, it makes sense. Like you said, it all ties back into getting us as far away as possible from God. Mm -hmm. and, and it's to disrupt us. It's to, it, we can't be whole. You know, they don't want us to be whole. They don't want us to have clear thinking. They want us to be sick. They want us to be ill. That's why, you know, I've heard on, on some other some other places they're talking about that. Yeah, some Christians are talking about, you know, do, doing ayahuasca or, you know, going and, and, and trying these you know, DMTs and, and things to try to take this spiritual trip, you know? Yeah. 
No, that's because that is that's a disruptor of your body's frequency. You know, you're not going to see God and you're not going to experience God by being high because that's not a natural frequency. You know, look at all the pills that we take. All those pills that we take, they're they're a nat they're, they you know, we we use them now because, you know, we've been told to and that there's no natural remedies for anything. Right? But every pill that you've taken and every pill that I've taken, the source came from an original plant and they've just been able to reproduce the plant and put in whatever they wanted to to give to you. Right. The whatever they wanted to in your pill disrupts your frequency. That's how come one medication leads leads a failure to another part of your body, and you got to take a medication for that, which leads another part of your body because we're not connected in frequency. Sure. It's like uh, it's like cocaine. They always cut it with uh, who knows what. You're, mm-hmm. It could only be like twenty percent, thirty percent cocaine, and the rest is is whatever. But yeah, I mean, I never. I've even thought about that with 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 my vitamins. It's like, what am I what am I actually putting into myself? Like, I don't know if this is really a vitamin or or not, right? Like, it's I don't even know who you, to trust anymore. You got to be careful with your vitamins, you know, with, with all that stuff because you know a good vitamin won't last long, you know. But some of these vitamins sit on the shelf for a long time. You know, you gotta you gotta find good providers. I, I like there's a couple that that we use that um, I, I I we use tinctures. We make our own tinctures. Uh, too as well but yeah it's all of that well it's a big um, that our food doesn't even have the vitamins that we need anymore right that that's another thing that drives me crazy it's like why am i even taking all these vitamins the, the food is supposed to have it yeah yeah it's but we don't it's and then anyway just take a look at you know again this is another attack on and i think it's on your frequency so on the natural way that god had made you uh when you take a look at our food look at monsanto look at all the gmo products you know They've taken they've taken corn that you would eat that that you were supposed to be good to eat, but you know the, they have human DNA in them now because the human DNA helps keep the corn from getting the certain disease. You know, right. I mean, how this is our food? That's not we're you know we're we're not supposed to be digesting you know GMO foods. We're not supposed to be digesting. I like McDonald's fries. You know, if you take a look at the horror story of McDonald's fries, you know, the, the potato grows on a special farm. They, they use such a, a poisonous weed killer that once, the, once it comes out, no one can even be around it for weeks at a time because it'll kill you. And then look at the American McDonald's fries. They take that potato and then they add on, uh, I think there's like another 20 ingredients they add into our fries. If you eat McDonald's fries over in England, it's fries, it's salt, and it's oil. But here in America, we got all these ingredients. So all that is making us sick, and it's all disrupting. One of the biggest disruptors that I've found in, in researching is water. Okay. Water. When you take a look at the beginning, when God created everything, right? There was waters. Spirit of God hovered over the waters. I think he did that to start the vibration. Because water vibrates like nothing else does, right? And, and, and everything. I think he did that to start his creation by by getting uh, the vibration and the frequency. I have a water bottle, right? It's in plastic. This plastic gets in my water. 
I mean, see, I, and I know it, but uh, you know, we still we still drink it. This this doesn't have the the nasty stuff in it. It's supposed to be it's a harder bottle, um, but it, 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 it's a it's an estrogen pumper. Uh, uh, there's a there's a lot of plastics that, that add estrogen in. Right. Um, our water is chemicaled. It's chemical to death. It's it's our water is dead water. Basically, what I'm trying to say. Right. Water is uh, um, is is not supposed to be dead. It's supposed to be living water. Right. If you take a look at the United States and you take a look at the uh, restriction on uh, collection collecting rainwater, we have laws where you're not allowed to collect rainwater. And why is that? Because they don't want you drinking water that's actually going to be helpful to your body. You know, they don't want you to have that natural water that's went through the process that, that that's that's made alive again. You know, uh, that's that's gone up to the ionosphere and, and where where there's a positive charge and you know and and where there's lightning and it and it and it's in infusing ions into the water that falls down and you drink that. Right. They, they don't want that um, because that water is pure water. It's good water and it helps the earth's vibration that's come from God to be able to go through your body and to nourish your cells and to cause the vibrations that you know happens throughout your body um, to, to naturally work. So they want you to drink this dead water or this highly chemical water. Right. They don't want you to hit. Well, one thing I was going to ask you about is, do you listen to music like on Spotify or on YouTube where it is 580 hertz? Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, five, yeah, five, five twenty-eight. Yes, you can Sorry, do 528. that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, it's, it's Spotify has some of it, but um, you can find a lot of that on YouTube. There's a guy that w I found interesting. He uh, actually played some music showing you four forty and uh, five twenty-eight, and uh, you know you can tell it's a little higher, and the the sounds a little higher. Mm -hmm. Um. But it also gets you off of the dead lower vibration, I guess, you know. I, I saw a book recently in um in a shop where uh water was exposed to music, different types of music. Yes. And then I, and I think they froze it and they showed the different crystals uh, uh, of it and like heavy metal and it was just like a total disaster. Like the water actually yes. was poisonous. And then you played something beautiful for, for the water and it made like a beautiful like snowflake or something. You can see that same kind of, um, and this is really interesting. Again, it's on it's on YouTube. You can find it, but uh, they'll put sand on a metal plate, and when you play when you play certain frequencies, the sand ends up making a pattern. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it's part of the um, uh, you know sacred geometry, if you would. But sure. but but the CF again, when you're a Christian, you're saying sacred geometry. Everybody's losing their mind, but but you. God made these frequencies and they make these patterns. And when I think when you take a look at your old churches that had stained glass, those patterns in the stained glass, a lot of times are the sacred geometry, you know, because those were places, I think, places of healing. Those were places that you went to, 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 to not only worship God, but also to, to it, it helped restore you because they would be playing music that would help you know, your body with the frequencies and they had light because they were all the colors of the rainbow, you know, the, uh, and, and that would help you visually with the, with the, uh, even with the patterns. I think it was all meant to help you worship God better by seeing his 
gory and hearing is gory. When I hear the word sacred geometry, I think right away of uh, geometry that would be found in nature. Like, like you said, like if that sand was exposed to a certain frequency and it made a certain pattern, to me, that's like God's pattern. He's showing us like, uh, you know, something that is almost mysterious, right? It's like, oh, wow. Like, like look, look what's happening from some sounds, from some vibrations, because everything is vibration. It- right. And so take, so take that, take the, and what you, what you saw there with the water, take those examples. Okay. When we have, music at the right hertz when, when it's part of the sophagio scale and i i can't really go into it too too more in detail uh you know in a conversation but when you take a look at the sophagio scales and you take a look at the you know the um uh, the pythagorean math on it and everything you understand it by listening to that it helps structure uh your mind and it also helps your body function better because it's not as disruptive so just like with the sound that makes people sick the right sound can make you feel better, can, can, can have the opposite. If, if, if there's a negative to it, there has to be a positive to it. And what, the, what we have now in our society is one that just doesn't, that, that has no benefit whatsoever. As, as a matter of fact, it's a disruptor. Okay. So I, I figure we'll probably wind it down here in the next 10 minutes. So we'll just... We'll just run out the clock and, but I, I mean, fascinating, right? I mean, I, I'm already thinking about how I want to incorporate li- listening to the right types of music. Um, now, do you think just headphones or should I be like absorbing the music with like my entire body? Well, I, you know, I, I for me, I, I think it's best if you can have uh, it, it out there just coming into your entire body, mm. you know, what, one thing, and, and it don't have to be loud. You know, it doesn't have to be loud. I mean, like infrasound infras- infras- isn't loud. It doesn't have to be real loud. It, it still affects you. Um, so, um, like, I would try like 528. You can find a lot of 528 stuff on on um, um, YouTube. I would play a background of 528 and, 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 and start writing your paper. You know, just have it low in the background. And, and, and you'll find, I think, that you're going to think better. And, and th- the ideas are going to come through. Um, one of the things that I, I did want to cover real quick with, with all the sound and things is when, when we talk about, and I, and I, I talked about the chakra system, right? Right. If you may know, see, I, that's, a, that's a scare word for a lot of Christians, but we were made with seven points in our body. We know that now. We have seven endocrine systems. We have seven nerve bundles that go all the way up through our spine. Um, we were, were, were made in the image of God. Well, not only were we made with a, originally uh, with a soul, with a you know, body and a spirit, but the spirit of God is seven. There's seven spirits of, of, of God, you know? Um, so it's, it's something that I wouldn't be too... I'm definitely not telling anybody, go do yoga. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying light some incense and, you know, and, and, try, to, and try to raise your you know, chi or, or anything like that. But I am saying that every one of these chakras have something. Like there's a root chakra, there's a sacral chakra, the solar plexus, the heart, the th- third eye, and the crown, right? A lot of times when I talk about this, Christians get all freaked out because they're like, oh, well, I don't know, you know. Talking about, well, in our pictures of our saints, what do our saints have over their head? Halos and... Well, what do you think a halo is? It's yeah. the crown chakra. I mean, right. when you draw it, 
we knew this stuff at one point in time. It's just been demonized, you know, and, and the antithetical to what the the Eastern religion is, is that from your root chakra, you go up and you uh, exit out the top of your head and, and you try to become with one with the universe. God's plan is totally different. God's plan comes down and it works to you the other way. And, and you became, well, what we say, you, you're going to become rooted. You're going to become grounded, right? That's after you've been with God for some time that those things will happen. I would love to do an experiment one day, uh, if I ever get enough money or, or, or figure out how to do it. I would imagine that we would be able to somehow check frequencies of people. And see if somebody is a Christian or not. Because I think there is that big of a change with the Holy Spirit being inside somebody. Um, I think that uh, we would be able to, to, to identify that one day. And maybe we will. Uh, and, and maybe that's how the uh, Antichrist will be able to, to weed us out. Uh, maybe is to figure out that kind of thing. It but is, definitely. Uh, it, it is something else when you walk with God. Um, you walk through this world differently. You you feel things differently. Like I I've noticed it. I don't think that that's you know make believe. I I do believe that there's something different. I, yeah. I would suggest that, especially in the summertime and things, um, go outside, take your shoes off, and just spend some time with your feet on the ground. I really do. Um, because I think that will help you out a lot. And this, this isn't just because you're going to be grounded. You know, you, you're actually going to be touching God's creation. You're going to be having the vibration of, of the Schumann resonance coming through and, 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 and helping you. I would try to eat as clean as you can. You know, I would try to get off the medications if you can. And not we all can't, right? We're in a fallen world. We're sick. These things, you know, and I'm not trying to demonize. Uh, the whole medical field, but we know a lot of the medical field lies and they're for profit, right? Right. You know they don't have our best interest in mind. They want to have customers, right? But and and then try to try to try to you know get um, get a place where you can make your own water through just distillation and things, a good clean water and things. I think I think everybody would feel better if you do that uh, and and such. Yeah, I, I would say to anybody to. Walk barefooted in the grass and just stand there. Doesn't matter where you are. I mean, you would you will realize that you are not spinning, that you are not like the ground is immovable. You are you are not, you know, flying through the galaxy and you're not in Antarctica standing upside down on a ball. Like to me, that's the most ridiculous thing is to think that you're in Australia or Argentina. Or, or the South Pole and the, that you're standing upside down and you're looking like you think it's up, but it's down and that it makes no sense whatsoever. Your senses are, they can't be fooled like that. That you know, and then if you, if you believe in the Bible, believe what God says, you know, I, I hear this argument all the time that, that, well, God, God dumbed everything down so that the people who would be writing down the Bible, it would make sense to them. You know, so when so when um, the when Joshua prayed and the sun stood still, the sun didn't really stand still, but it was just his perception 
of, of how things happened that, you know, that, that, that's not really, that's not really the way it was, but God had to dumb it down so that he would know that doesn't make any sense because when you read like in Isaiah, he, Isaiah is writing stuff that he has no idea about. When God inspires the word to be written, it doesn't have to be understood by the writer. I mean, take a look at um, take a look at John, the revelator, right? He wrote down that uh, there's going to be a mark of the beast and you won't be able to buy, sell, or trade. How ridiculous is that notion back in, you know, back in first century? That's yeah. just ridiculous. But uh, look I, at it now. Totally. Un- I, I've had inspired thoughts i've had inspired moments where if i didn't have it recorded i wouldn't even and and listen back to it i wouldn't even know that that's me like i like i've had things come through me that that i don't know like the only way i can you know explain it is that god came through me and that was that that was the inspired word because i've never thought those things before i just had i was just tuned right that day I don't know if you've yeah. had that those experiences too, but yeah, I've had that when preaching. Sometimes I get done preaching and, and like, <laughs> what did I just preach on? Did anybody take notes? <laughs> right? But not yeah. not often. It has happened to me, you know, where it's like I don't. That's when you're in the zone, right? That's like that's yeah. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and so I think it's I think it's funny when 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 everybody has to say well well God just dumbed it down to so that it made sense to the people that that were writing it down. It's like no no no, you know God God didn't need to dumb it down. He 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 kept it good. You know there's a firmament. We're on pillars that we're not moving. We're not flying through the universe. That God made that sun to stand still so that Joshua can finish the battle. I mean, all of it. I, I think a huge misconception for everyone that's alive right now is that we're way smarter than our ancestors. And I actually think it's the exact opposite. And I think we have a lot of catching up to do. Brother, take take the information that, that I share with you today and now apply it to the idea of Tartaria. Right, yeah. All the buildings built for the ether, all the buildings built for energy, all the buildings built for... I, I don't know what Tartaria is. I, I have, I can't... I, uh, you know, because you know how how our minds would work. We're trying to piece it in. Where how does Tartaria fit in with with Christianity? And I, all I all I can think of is that at one point in time, you know, there was this knowledge, uh, but uh, Satan knew that he couldn't continue if we had this knowledge. So somehow he put a clamp down on it. You know, yeah. I, to me, Tartaria I, is like actual science meets perfect synchronicity with nature and, and yes. those, those people were not blocked right could you imagine if we were all like almost like gods right if we were all god's children and let loose on creating the most incredible environment all, all of us were in perfect harmony doing that that we'd be the bees right we'd be making the honey yes so so, so here's another thought that i've had about this because i've had that same thought if we if we weren't so plugged up and blocked with with all this, right? We would we would be far better people. We would be more loving, more caring, more concerning. We would be a, more of a communal aspect to our thought process, right? And so then when we sinned, our sin would be so horrible to us. We would recognize the sin. We would repent of that sin. I mean, when we sinned, it would be such a shock to our system as far as being such a disappointment and so far out of this communal aspect of 
who we were meant to be, that we would have this real, this real repentant attitude. But now, in the world we live in, where we are so broken and everything is blocked, and it's, it's all about you know the ego and it's all about me and stuff. When we sin, it, it doesn't seem to be as penetrating. Yeah, as if we were in better harmony with God and 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 our surroundings. So I thought I thought for the sin sin part here, you know, we, we our conscience has been seared with a hot iron, right? As the Bible would say. And I think it's been it's been severed with bad food, bad environment, bad sound, you know, and and unnatural things. Well, so many people they want to either excuse themselves or oh, I stole this to feed my family, and then next thing you know, you're constantly stealing to feed your family. Or it it, it is the it is the ultimate slippery slope, and yeah. you you need to you need to hold yourself in a way higher standard. As if you are being watched by your father. And that's, and I think that's what gets a lot of atheists' backs up that they don't want to be judged, that they don't want to be watched so that they can do whatever they want to do, right? And sorry to all the atheists out there, but you know what? If your boss was standing behind you while you worked all day long, you'd work a lot harder and you wouldn't screw around. You know, if, if, if your dad was standing behind you, and watching you do the things that you do, would you do perverted things? Would you would you do would you go out in into the community and not not be a good person? You see an old lady fall and you laugh and you keep walking. Your dad would smack you in the back of the head and tell you to go help her up. And you know, mm -hmm. like that to me, that's why God is so important. You need you need to feel like, you know, your dad's watching you, that you want to make him proud. And that's why this flat earth or the, the realm earth, you know, that's why that to me, and I don't know if it happened to you, but when I realized that just above the stars, just above the, I mean, like right up there is the throne room of God, like right above when he separated the waters out from the waters and he's in the third heaven and he's on his throne and he looks down at us like the Bible says as we're grasshoppers and stuff, knowing that he's right there, that puts a very different attitude on the way I behave. Because it is like having dad stand behind you, right? It, it is like having your boss watch you all the time. And it's really something when you come to that realization, and, and maybe you had this experience too, but when you, when you really believe and you finally come to the point where you just know that God's right up there, when you go outside at night and you see the stars, it's, it's like seeing it brand new again. I mean, it is just so, wow. Yeah. I mean... I've come to terms with the fact that I'm not perfect and I'm okay with that. But as I go every day, I try and be a little bit better. A every day I get a little bit better. I know I'm not perfect, but did I make him proud? D did I make him proud today? And I mean, that makes me emotional, but it's, it, it's an incredible feeling to know that you're one of God's children and that you go out into the world and you make it a better place. Wow! Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want that gift in your heart every day? And, and just like you said, one the one that gets me is I, I'm so looking forward, and I hope it's said of me. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah, you know that is that that that's that's the deal. And and no, we're not perfect, and we're never going to be perfect. But that's also why Jesus came. 
We're saved through grace by faith, not of works. It's the gift of God, not of yourselves, at least any man should boast. You and I are going to be in heaven, and we're going to be there based on the work of Christ. It's not going to be based on our works, which, which really should help people breathe better. But at the same time, you do want to hear that. Well done, good faithful servant. Yeah. You just want God to say, good job. Yeah. My, I agree. The thing that bothers me the most is when people don't have time for redemption when they run out of time. And I'm so grateful. Every day I'm so grateful for the, the time that I've had since some of my most gigantic falls that I've been able to redeem myself. And it's like, oh, it hurt it hurts me when I see somebody do something and and die. Like make a make a mistake so bad that they're dead and they they don't have that chance to redeem themselves. And that that breaks my heart. So for all of us that are living and tomorrow's not guaranteed, but for all of us that keep going, like you you have that time for redemption. Yeah, the Bible clearly says, yeah, boast not of tomorrow for you know not what a day may bring. You know, nobody has ever woken up in the morning and said, you know what? I think later today I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah. You know, later, later today, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting in a head-on collision. You know, no one, no one does that. It just happens. And yeah. so if you're not, if you don't have that redemption, um, the Bible also says today is the day of salvation. So, you know, go come to the Lord today. Stop waiting. It ain't going to get no better down here. <laughs> For sure. And then where, where can everybody reach you and, and get a hold of you and, and learn more about what, what you're up to? Yeah. So um, I don't really have any social media stuff uh, um, necessarily, but uh, I have an email. It's uh, uh, pastorparker1026 at iCloud.com. Uh, you can e- email me there. Um, I've been told that I need to get some, uh, some social media stuff up and, and, get, and get in that crazy world. But I, I'm just happy to come on once in a while and talk and and and, and things because, um, yeah, I don't I don't want to get all wrapped up in the in, in the super craziness. You know, the social media is is yeah. I, I I try and keep myself out of it. I would say like for you, I think a cool place. I'm gonna recommend this to everybody. A cool place to go without all the BS is to go to LinkedIn. If you want really good information without all the without all the crap, you go to LinkedIn. This this is what you're up to. This is what you're doing. There's no spam bots or trolls or whatever. That's to me. That's a very professional place to go. Re- reach out to somebody like yourself. That's a professional. If I could recommend anything to you, Patch, that w- that would be it. Like to go on LinkedIn and and connect with uh, some people that are doing amazing things in this world. Yeah, I had to. I, I've heard of it and everything. So I might. I might. I might do that. You're gonna have to also get a hold of LinkedIn and say, "Hey, listen, I, I shot you out." You know, uh, I will for sure. Better start. <laughs> when you when you get on LinkedIn, you just hit me up and you'll see me right there. And my wife and I, we do a lot of business, and uh, that that primarily that that's a business tool, right? But like I said, it's 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 social media without all the crap. I'm good. Well, I'll try. I give it a try. I give it a whirl. Yeah, you know, I'm old, I just I'm just old school. I'd rather just uh, you know. Just <laughs> Go go on some cool podcasts and meet some cool people. Yeah, that's it. So without any further ado, I just wanted to say thank you so much. It was such a pleasure meeting you, and I hope we can have you back on again. It was fascinating to talk about your journey, the harmonics. I'm de- definitely going to be uh, putting that into my practice when, I, when I'm writing, and I will definitely be thinking about you when I do that. And 
for for patch and for alex and you know uh for raul who's missing tonight and for claude i just want to say everybody protect your domes and we'll see you next time how do we find ourselves here within these walls and chains as a teardrop lands who is there to blame